Facebook Live, and all of you here tonight, welcome to Wednesday Night Bible Study. Uh, let's ask the Lord to bless this Bible study and our hearts to, to receive his word. Let's all pray. Lord Jesus, thank you for the opportunity to call upon your name, to seek your face. For you are a God that straightens the crooked, repairs the breach, heals the backslidings. Lord, you are our all in all. We look to you, Lord, and we thank you for who you are. Minister to each one of us and draw us closer to you. Help your word to sink deep into our heart and that it would cause us to be productive in prayer. And we ask this in the wonderful name of Jesus, in Jesus' name. Uh, now, we've had a little difficulty with uh, our camera, so if it fails, understand we, we, we have tried. <laughs> the percentage of battery life might not be enough for uh, the rest of the evening. Hopefully it'll last. Uh, prayer is probably the most important thing that we can do. And Hebrews 4 and 16 says, Let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace, that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in the time of need. You, whoever you are, you can pray. You can repent and pray, and God will hear. There is no limit to what you can do in prayer. This verse tells us to boldly come to the throne of grace. That means prayer. And be bold. Remember God's word said, where sin abounded. That is to say, it seemed to go beyond the limits of my life, of my comprehension. But the scripture goes on to say, where sin abounds, grace does much more abound. And so this verse of scripture is saying, why come boldly? So that we can receive grace and we can receive mercy. And we all need God's grace. There's not one of us that does not need God's mercy and God's grace. We are sinners. The scripture tells us that, that the born-again Christian is a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, that we should show forth the praises of him, him who hath called us out of darkness into this marvelous light. Priests minister not only to their own needs, but to the needs of others. Remember that prayer is a vital communi communication with God. And Jesus expects us to pray. For the scripture says, if ye pray, 
Not, or rather, when ye pray, not if ye pray. Excuse me. And as a Christian, your job is to be example of prayer. And to intercede for others. Therefore, you should always be thinking about helping others to pray effectively for their own needs and for the needs of others. Let's lay some groundwork that applies to all. Be sure that your prayer life is consistent and faithful. Before you can lead others to prayer, they will look at you as an example. You can't draw water out of a dry well. How much time do you spend with the Lord, especially before service? We have a prayer room back here. So on Sunday morning, you should come early and go to the prayer room and be a part of praying for the service. Keep in mind that you should desire to teach others to pray. God's anointing does not have preferences over one person or the other. You may not be the only voice that needs to be heard. We're a body of Christ. And all the members are working and need to be working for this body to function properly. Be, be not afraid to pray, both in the understanding and in the spirit. But be wise when you're praying in the spirit. Uh, make sure it's the letter of the Lord. Discern when to pray generically and when to pray specifically. Invite God's presence to work in your prayer. Don't try and say, well, do it this way, God. You know, give God room to do it the way he wants to do it. Approach prayer with faith and expectation. Matthew 9, 28 and 29. And when he was come into the house, the blind men came to him, and Jesus saith unto them, Believe ye that I am able to do this? Then said unto him, Yea, Lord, then touched he their eyes, saying, According to your faith, be it unto you. God loves you and desires to do the best for you. Matthew 21, 21. Jesus answered and said unto them, Verily I say unto you, If ye have faith and doubt not, ye shall not only do to this which is done to the fig tree, but also if ye shall say unto this mountain, Be thou removed, and be thou cast into the sea, it shall be done. All things whatsoever ye shall ask in prayer, believing ye shall receive. Now a man prayed and said, Lord, help thou my unbelief. And what did God do? He helped him, and he did marvelous works. Here are five examples of prayers. Nehemiah. I beseech thee, O Lord God of heaven, 
the great and terrible God that keepeth covenant and mercy for them that love him and observe his commandments? Let thine ear now be attentive and thine eyes opened that thou mayest hear the prayer of thy servant, which I pray before thee now day and night. For the children of Israel, thy servants. Uh, hang on, let me get a. I'm having trouble keeping my line straight. For the children of Israel, and confess thy sins of the children of Israel, which we have sinned against thee. Both I and my father's house have sinned. We're not perfect, we're broken. Each of us needs God's mercy. Verse 7. We have dealt corruptly against thee, and have not kept the, the, the commandments, nor statutes, nor judgments, which thou commandest thy servant Moses. Remember, I beseech thee, the word that thou commandest thy servant Moses, saying, If ye transgress, I will scatter you abroad among the nations. But if ye return unto me and keep my commandments and do them, that though there were of you cast out unto the uttermost parts of heaven, yet will I gather them from thence and will bring them unto this place that I have chosen to set my name. Now these are thy servants and thy people whom thou hast redeemed by thy great power and by thy strong hand. O Lord, I beseech thee, let now thine ear be attentive to the prayer of thy servant and to the prayer of thy servants who des desire to fear thy name. And prosper, I pray thee, thy servant this day, and grant him mercy in the sight of this man. You see, Nehemiah was praying for the king to let him go, for he was a cupbearer. He wasn't someone special. He was a servant. He was a slave to the king that existed then. But because of his prayer, we know who Nehemiah is. His praise, his repentance, and his asking importunity, day and night. Keys to David's prayer. He acknowledged God's mercy, he seeks forgiveness, he seeks renewal, and he seeks restoration. Besides praise, repentance, and asking. Psalms 51. Have mercy upon me, O God, according to thy loving kindness, according unto the multitude of thy tender mercies. Blot out my transgression, wash me, thoroughly of mine iniquities. Cleanse me of my sin. 
For I acknowledge my transgression, and my sin is ever before me. Against thee and thee only have I sinned, and done this evil in thy sight, that thou mightest be justified when thou speakest, and clear when thou judgest. Skipping, skipping to verse 9. Hide thy face from my sins. Blot out all mine iniquities. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. Cast me not away from thy presence, and take not thy Holy Spirit from me. Restore unto me the joy of thy salvation. Uphold me with thy free spirit. David, of course, prayed this after he had been found out having sinned with Bathsheba and slaying her husband. And God called him a man after God's own heart in the New Testament. 1 Samuel 2, 1 and 2. Hannah. And Hannah prayed and said, My heart rejoiceth in the Lord. Mine horn is exalted in the Lord. My mouth is enlarged over mine enemies because I rejoice in thy salvation. There is none holy as the Lord. For there is none beside thee, neither is there any rock like our God. Hannah's prayer and praise comes after she prayed a prayer of distress in chapter 1. God granted her request and gave her a son, Samuel the prophet. She then returned Samuel to the Lord and sent him to live in the temple with Eli the priest. Hannah's prayer shows an adoration and an understanding of the power and might of God. The scripture says to enter into his courts with thanksgiving and to his gates with praise. Now, when David wrote that, he was talking about that thing that was out and covered with curtains that the priests had to go into. But in the New Testament, we're talking about the presence of the glory, the Shekinah glory of God that we come into when we praise and give thanks. Solomon's prayer, 1 Kings 3, 6 through 14. And Solomon said, Thou hast showed unto thy servant David, my father, great mercy, according as he has walked before thee in truth and in righteousness and in uprightness of heart with thee. And thou hast kept for him this great kindness, that thou hast given him a son to sit on the throne as it is this day. And now, O Lord my God, thou hast made thy servant king instead of David my father, and I am but a child. I know not how to go out or come in. And thy servant is in the midst of thy people, which thou hast chosen, a great people, that cannot be numbered nor counted for multitude. Give therefore thy servant an understanding heart to judge the people, that I may discern between good and bad. For who is able to judge this thy so great a people? And the speech pleased the Lord, that Solomon had asked this thing, and God said unto him, Because thou hast asked this thing, and hast not asked 
for thyself long life, neither hast asked riches for thyself, nor asked the life of thine enemies, but hast asked for thyself understanding discern to discern judgment. Behold, I have done according to thy words. Lo, I have given thee a wise and an understanding heart, so that there was none like thee before thee, neither after thee shall any arise like unto thee. And I have also given thee that which thou hast not asked, both riches and honor, so that there shall be there shall not be any among the kings like unto thee all thy days. And if thou wilt walk in my ways and keep my statutes and commandments as thy father David did walk, then I will lengthen thy days. Jesus' prayer at the tomb of Lazarus. Then they took away the stone from the place where the dead was laid. And Jesus lifted up his eyes and said, Father, I thank thee that thou hast heard me. And I knew that thou heardest me always, but because of the people which stand by, I said it, that they may believe that thou hast sent me. And when, when he had thus spoken, he cried with a loud voice, Lazarus, come forth. And he was, he, he that was dead came forth, bound hand, foot, with grave clothes, and his face was bound about with a napkin. Jesus saith unto them, Loose him and let him go. The power of prayer. Jesus is our example. Approach prayer with humility. James says, but he that he giveth more grace, whereof saith God resisteth the proud, but giveth grace to the humble. Luke 18, 11 through 14 says this, the Pharisee stood and prayed thus with himself, God, I thank thee that I am not as one of the men are, extortioners, unjust, adulterers, or even as this publican. Now he lists some pretty nasty things here. I fast twice a week and give tithes of all that I possess. And the publican, standing afar off, would not lift up so much as his eyes unto heaven, but smote upon his breast, saying, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. I tell you, this man went down to the house justified rather than the other. For everyone that exalteth himself is abased of God, shall be abased. And he that humbleth himself shall be exalted. You know, it's easy to look at somebody's corruption. But we fail to look at ourselves. One of the four essential elements of prayer is the Lord's name. 
Acts 3 and 16. And his name, through faith in his name, hath made this man strong. It doesn't say faith in this name has made this man strong, but it says, and his name, through faith in his name, hath made this man strong. Whom ye now see and know, yea, the faith which is by him hath given this perfect soundness in the presence of you all. Luke 10 and 17, one of, one of my favorite scriptures concerning this little talk. And the 70 returned again with joy, saying, Lord, even the devils are subject unto us through thy name. Besides everything else, even the devils. <laughs> John 14, 13. And whatsoever ye shall ask in my name, that will I do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If ye shall ask anything in my name, I will do it. John 20 and 31. But these are written that ye might believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that believing ye might have life through his name. Acts 10, 3. To him give all the prophets witness that through his name, whosoever believeth in him shall receive remission of sins. Then Peter said unto them, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of sins, and ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. This is the way Jesus Christ's blood is applied to your life and to your requests. No other way. You can plead the blood all day long. And I don't find that in the scripture. And I wonder if it's a trick of the enemy to get some people to do that rather than speak the name that has power. Daniel 11.32 The people that do know their God shall be strong and do exploits. You have to be intimate. That's where the power lies in the use of his name. Your relationship. What degree do you know him? Number two of four essential elements of prayer is thanksgiving. Approach prayer with thanksgiving. Psalms 105 and 1. Oh, give thanks unto the Lord. Call upon his name. Make known his deeds among the people. Psalms 107 and 1. Oh, give thanks unto the Lord, for he is good, for his mercy endureth forever. You ought to memorize this verse of scripture. Philippians 4 and 6. Be careful for nothing. But in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. Thanksgiving not only reminds you of what he has done in your life, but what he is, who he is. And that's going to produce faith. Matthew fifteen thirty six. And he took the seven loaves and fishes and gave thanks and break them and gave to his disciples. Mark 14, 23. And he took the cup 
And when he had given thanks, he gave it to them, and they all drank. Number three of the four essential elements of prayer is his word. The word of God is another powerful prayer tool. Scripture says that God's word will never return void. When you pray with the word and assert the truth in the word, God cannot help but honor his own word. Our pastor has taught that the armor of, of Ephesians 6 is all the word of God. Let me read it to you. Chapter 6, verses 13 through 18. Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God, that ye may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all to stand, stand therefore, having your loins girt about with truth, and having on the breastplate of righteousness, and your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace, above all taking the shield of faith, wherewith ye shall be able to quench the fiery darts of the wicked, and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, and watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all saints. But I'd like to point out that it's not only the word, but it's also his name. All these things are attributes to his name. Our prayers are going to be answered according to his will. His word is his will and testament. So base your requests upon his word. In 2 Timothy 2 and 15, it says, Study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. And Acts 17.11, These were more noble than those of Thessalonica in that they received the word with all readiness of mind and searched the scriptures daily whether those things were so. Now this is talking about the people of Berea. Paul came to them preaching to them and they said, well, we got to check this guy out and we got to study. And God called them more noble because they questioned the Apostle Paul. And there are churches out there that say, don't you dare question me. We want you to study to show yourself approved and use that in your prayer life. Number four of the four essential elements of prayer is the spirit. Romans 8, 27. And he that searcheth the hearts knoweth what is the mind of the Spirit, because he maketh intercession for the saints according to the will of God. Now, notice the verse before this. Verse 26. Likewise, the Spirit also helpeth our infirmities, for we know not what we should pray for as we ought, but the Spirit itself maketh intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. So clearly, this is talking about praying in the Spirit. Letting the Lord use your mouth to pray, to intercede. Romans 12 2 says this, Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, 
that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. In order to be transformed and your mind renewed, you need to be spending time with his word and with him. 1 John 4 and 13, Hereby know we that we dwell in him and he in us, because he hath given us his spirit. John 15 and 7, If ye abide in me and my words abide in you, you shall ask what ye will, and it shall be done to you. Approaching prayer, being sensitive to the Holy Ghost. Jude 20, But ye, beloved, building up yourselves on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost. 1 Corinthians 14, 18, and 19 says, I thank God I speak with tongues more than ye all. Yet in the church, I'd rather speak. Five words with understanding. But notice, this is the Apostle Paul. Uh, Now, when would he be doing that? Well, I would say he'd be doing it when he's by himself and he's praying in tongues, letting the Lord use his tongue, his mouth, to seek his face, to intercede for maybe you or me. Psalms 19.14 Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. 1 Corinthians 12.2 and 13 Which things also we speak, not in the words which man's wisdom teacheth, but which the Holy Ghost teacheth, comparing spiritual things with spiritual. When was the last time you prayed in tongues? When did you let God pray through you? The scripture talks about him interceding. That's the only time he can intercede, when you allow him to use your tongue. Then there are the seven sons of Sceva, 19 of Acts, verse 13. Then certain of the vagabond Jews' exorcists took upon them to call over them which had evil spirits, the name of the Lord Jesus, saying, We adjure you by Jesus, whom Paul preacheth. So they had been watching. They did just what they thought they had to do. And there were seven sons of Sceva, a Jew, and the chief of the priest, which did so. And the evil spirit answered and said, Jesus I know, and Paul I know, but who are you? And the man in whom the evil spirit was leaped on them and overcame them and prevailed against them so that they fled out of the house naked and wounded. You can have the name, but if you don't have the spirit, you better watch it. And you, and you better have the attitude, too. Some people have the spirit, but their attitude is not quite what it should be, and they're not being filled with the spirit of God. They're not allowing him to do the work. 
Approach prayer with compassion. Finally, be all of one mind, having compassion one of another. Love as brethren. Be pitiful. Be courteous. Then in Luke 10.33, Then a despised Samaritan came along, and when he saw the man, he felt compassion for him. Now, this, of course, is the Good Samaritan, and there's been a priest that walked by and a Levite that walked by, and they ignored that man laying on the side of the road. Compassion, one from another. Love as brethren, pitiful, courteous. When you look at the Good Samaritan, you see a man that is, first of all, despised by many. Maybe even the guy that's laying here in the gutter. You find this man in need. His enemy has robbed him and left him for dead. John 10 and 10 says, The thief, speaking of Satan, cometh not but to steal, to kill, and destroy. I am come that they might have life and that they might have it more abundantly. We're supposed to be like Jesus. So if we have a sinner... or a saint that has fallen into the ditch. I am come that they might have life, that they might have it more abundantly. Satan, if you will, put this man in the ditch, took everything that was precious to him. And we meet saints and aints, people that say they're saints but aren't, (laughs) as well as sinners. What's our attitude toward them? The Good Samaritan took time to bind up his wounds, pouring oil and wine on them. No doubt that was expensive in those days. He placed them on his own beast. And no doubt he had to exert his own energy and walk. He took him to a place of safety and healing, spending time with him. He provided for what he thought would be required for his future stay at this inn. And he also said, I'll give you any additional cost. Or we can shake our heads and say, he's a child of the devil. Let him fix himself. And let's just talk about him. Who do you think is in the will of God? Approach prayer with perseverance. 1 Timothy 6, 11 and 12. Pursue righteousness and a godly life along with faith, love, perseverance and gentleness. Ephesians 6 and 18. To that end, keep alert with all perseverance, making supplication for all the saints. 1 Corinthians 15 and 58. Therefore, my beloved brethren, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. Luke 18, 1 through 8. And he spake a parable unto them to this end, that men 
ought always to pray and not to faint. Saying there was in a city a judge which feared not God, neither regarded man. And there was a widow in that city, and she came unto him, saying, Avenge me of mine adversary. And he would not for a while, but afterwards he said within himself, Though I fear not God, nor regard man, yet because this widow troubleth me, I will avenge her, lest by her continually, continual coming she weary me. And the Lord said, Hear what the unjust judge saith. And shall not God avenge his own elect, which cry day and night unto him, which cry day and night unto him, which cry day and night unto him, though he bear long with them? I tell you the truth. I tell you that he will avenge them speedily. Nevertheless, when the Son of Man cometh, shall he find faith? In other words, are you still knocking on the door that God has not given you an answer to? Or have you quit knocking on that door? Will he find faith? When he returns. Encourage people to keep non-knocking and not to give up. And if someone comes to you and asks for prayer for the umpteenth time, keep knocking. Luke 13, 24 says, Strive to enter the straight gate, for many I say unto you, many I say unto you, will seek to enter in and shall not be able. Matthew eleven twelve, 12, very similar verse of scripture in a way. And from the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of heaven suffereth violence and the violent take it by force. We are warring with spirits. Put on the whole armor of God. We're warring with demonic entities. And they want to hinder our prayer life. Approach prayer with simplicity. But when ye pray, use not vain repetitions as the heathen do, for they think that they shall be heard for their much speaking. And then Matthew 6 and 7 again in another version. When you pray, don't babble on and on as people of other religions do. They think their prayers are answered merely by repeating. Their words again and again. Some of the most effective prayers in the Bible were simple. A lot of words do, does not impress God. Matthew 26, 39 to 44. And he went a little further and fell on his face and prayed, saying, Oh, my father, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as thou wilt. Verse 40. And he cometh to his disciples and findeth them asleep and saith unto Peter, What? Could you not watch for just an hour? And we say, an hour? Pray an hour? And then when we get to an hour, we say, wow, I'm praying an hour. And Jesus says, could you not watch 
with me for an hour? Just an hour. Watch and pray that ye enter not in temptation. For the spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. Verse 42. He went away again the second time and prayed, saying, O my father, if this cup may not pass away from me, except I drink it, thy will be done. Verse 43. And he came and found them asleep again, for their eyes were heavy. Verse 44. And he left them and went away again and prayed the third time, saying the same words. Clearly, it's not about repeating words. It's about your attitude in speaking the words. Acts 3 and 6. Then Peter said, Silver and gold have I none, but such as I have give I thee. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. 2 Kings 5, 9, and 11. So, Naaman came with his horses and his chariot and stood at the door of the house of Elijah. And Elisha sent a messenger unto him, saying, Go and wash in Jordan seven times, and thy flesh shall come again to thee, and thou shalt be clean. But Naaman was wroth and went away and said, Behold, I thought he would surely come out to me and stand and call on the name of the Lord his God and strike his hands over my place and cause me to recover from this leprosy. We like a show. But God does not want a show. Keep it simple. So, conclusion, 1 Corinthians 12, 26. And whether one member suffereth, all members suffer with it. Or one member be honored, all members rejoice with it. We make up the whole body of Christ. It's we, not me. You need me, I need you. If I am not there, and if you're not there, there's something missing in this body. Anyone ever had a finger or a toe cut off? We need to get involved. We need to be here. We need to be present in prayer. Every one of us needs to be a part of this. And some of you might have good reasons for not being here, but check your reasons. Make sure they're good reasons. We are the temple of God, and the scripture says that we're the house of prayer. Let's do better to please the Lord. God bless.